This is Greg Olson, and I'm thrilled to introduce my new podcast, TE1. TE1 will chronicle a 60-year evolution of the tight end position, from its origins as an obscure, overlooked blocking role to the versatile superstar position that it is today. I'll explore the evolution of the position through conversations with some of the all-time game-changing tight ends. And just like the incredible tight ends we sit down with on my new show, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. This truck is all about grit, strength, and dependability. The same attributes it takes to be a tight end. And then everyone said, Jabroni. Jabroni. J-A-B-R-O-N-I-X-Y-Z-A-B-C. Oh, it doesn't matter. You spell Jabroni. What's up, everybody? Welcome to a new episode of Two Jabronis with a Wrestling Podcast. BJ Cruz here with my tag team partner, the diva himself, the man who made me wait a few minutes to start the show because his <laughs> French press coffee needed to finish the incomparable Jeremy Loss. Jay, what is up, dude? It is delicious, though. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying French it's press not coffee th- is undefeated. I'm not saying it's I not delicious. T- I, I know it takes a little <laughs> bit more time. But some French press coffee with some oat milk, you uh, know, full. I, I'm listen, living the best life. I, I've lost like almost ten pounds. Listen to this pretentious vegan just spitting this vitriol My all over. My poops have literally just been lettuce. It's been really. Weird. There you go. That's a uh, that's <laughs> we should pitch that to Vince as like a as a character, a guy who just poops lettuce. It's a uh, it's been a wild ride for this week that I've been vegan, um, but. Yeah, I mean, we we made it through the weekend here in in California without melting. Sort so of, I, I, sort I would take of. That as a win. Yeah, so, so, sort of, but very close, very close. We are, of course, brought to you by the Blue Wire Network and our friends over at BetOnline.ag. Don't forget to subscribe to the show wherever you download your podcasts. And if you're one of our fantastic Apple Podcast users, please, please, please rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. And if you're feeling spicy, leave a review and for our spotify people hit us with that follow and help us climb those spotify podcast charts and make sure that you subscribe and like our youtube channel there's a red button somewhere around here hit that red button really help us out subscribe uh like leave comments do all that good stuff uh really does help us out make sure that you also follow us on social at two jabronis pod on twitter and on instagram and within the br app um, you can follow me on Twitter at Jeremy A. Loss, and you can follow Ben at Cruise Control. That's Control with a K, and I apologize. This new camera is just, it looks great, but you also get a gigantic glare off my glasses, so you get to see what I'm seeing. Uh, it's almost like VR in a way, so. little behind-the-scenes look at, uh, yeah. at what we're doing over here. Um, all right, we we had a big weekend in wrestling. Literally, so many hours of wrestling were spent on Saturday. Uh, I had plans. Too many. I had Too plans much. on Saturday night uh, with the wife. She said, I said, oh, let's just go after All Out is over. All Out ended at damn near 9 o'clock California time. So uh, needless to say, in the doghouse a little bit. But uh, <laughs> it is now time to stick to wrestling. And we should talk about it. I think we should stick to wrestling. And for this week's Stick to Wrestling, we're talking 
All Out, or as I like to call it, after it ended, Dynamite 2.0. Uh, <laughs> it was no. This wasn't even a good Dynamite episode. This was okay. This I'm diving in right now because I have takes. Here we go. Here we go. Oh, he's fired up. He's fired up. The worst pay per view of the All Out era or the All All Elite era. Ooh, this was okay. Here we go. Borderline terrible. Bo- From start whoa to finish. Here it we was go. So bad. Um, I've never been disinterested in all, all elite so much. Like I was completely disinterested in about half of the show. Um, what really took me out to be honest, um, was the Hardy situation. I thought that was handled extremely poorly. They took, I think that took everyone out of it. It was just, it was so weird how they, they, they usually handle situations like this pretty well. I mean, and they're obviously still in their infancy as a company, but the way that they handled that was a little bit of a nightmare. Not a little bit. It was a lot of nightmare. It was terrible. Um, I've never seen that happen before where the ref is giving the X signal. Twice. Twice. Multiple times. Initially, where everybody is like, oh, my God, he is, he's knocked out. He was flat as a board, stiff, laying there, and she was giving the X. And then they let the match continue. And I know that they tried to have... They tried to cover their basis by saying, like, oh, we checked with the doctor. Like, when did you check with the doctor? Like, in the 30 seconds between him being completely knocked out to him, like, stumbling around the, the ring? Like, yeah, I understand th- that they really wanted to get that finish over because the, the finish was for Hardy to win. But I was even seeing stuff online where, like, there's a way to have that match finish with the same result where Hardy's out of it. Like, you, you have him leave. You have private party come in. It's a no disqualification match. Hardy beats the 10 count. The moment he stands up, you get him the fuck out of there. Yeah. You're like, we're, we're taken to the hospital immediately. You have private party come in, do the bump off the, the rafter, and Sammy loses that way. I mean, that's an easy way that you can continue the match, have the finish that you need, and get Hardy out of that because it was horrible to see what he had. To, like, he couldn't walk. And then he's climbing up a fucking scaffolding. Sammy had to help him beat the 10 count. That when he was yeah. getting up, like he, I was like, oh, he's not going to make it. And then Sammy literally pulls him up because he he knows that that's the finish that Matt is supposed to beat him. the The thing that got me was Tony Khan saying that Matt went through concussion protocol, and that's why the doctor signed off. Like, like you said, where did he go through concussion protocol? Right in that time that you cut away from him walking from the backstage area to the ring, that's your concussion protocol. That just doesn't make any sense, right? Like in the NFL, if you know someone gets hit in the head and they have to go through concussion protocol and in the off chance that they come back, they're gone for a significant amount of time, right? right? They're, they're running concussion tests vigorously because they understand the dangers that come with playing football and head injuries and, and all that. And wrestling should be the same because head injuries happen all the time. Right. Like we wrestling just has this dark history of concussions, of unreported concussions. And for them in good conscience to try and finish that match with the way that they wanted to was it, it was bizarre. And and again, to put Matt in even more danger and say, hey, go climb that scaffolding. Like, let's let's get the finish that we needed. Like, that's that's insane. And you can tell that, like, you know, Sammy kind of exited through that side door. Um, on that ramp that was headed down toward the ring. And obviously that's where he was told like, you know, the new finish, he, the, you know, they said, go, go there immediately. Right. Like let's, let's, right. let's just get the hell out of here. 
But Matt, like, you could just see in his eyes, he was gone. Right? He, I mean, he the was moment he fully tries to stand up, he falls over again. And yeah. it's like, that, for me, like, I'm a huge um, combat sports fan. And, like, when you see that, like, in a boxing match, if a guy stands up and immediately falls down, they call the match. Like, it's yep. done. You know? And, like, it just is... It was really dangerous. I mean, they fell from what kind of constitutes as like a second story window and he hit his head on fucking concrete. Yeah, I mean, the minute they started that spot by climbing up um, to, you know, get get down onto the table, I was like, that doesn't look like a lot of room because obviously they were going to go through the table. Obviously, someone was going to put something through that table and there just wasn't a lot of of leeway, right? Like there should have been a second table. There should have been something else there you know, to, to kind of prevent this. But once it happens, like it, if it happens, it happens, right? That, that's just wrestling. Uh, and you have to adjust on the fly. They, they made like no adjustments. And it was, no. it was, it was really, really, really rough to watch. And, you know, for, for the doctor to sign off on that, like you have to protect the wrestlers from themselves, right? Matt was obviously going to want to continue. And it's crazy too, because th- I had the night before, I listened to his interview on the Chris Van Vliet show, which you should all go check out. Shout out to, to CBV, our fellow Blue Wire wrestling brethren. And he had this, um, during the interview, he talks about how he always had to talk Jeff Hardy out of doing crazy spots, right? Because Jeff was always thinking like, how am I going to do this for the fans? Like, let me, let me push the limit a little bit. And Matt was always the one saying, hey, let's, let's pull it back. And it was just so ironic that they had two spots like this that Matt doesn't need to be doing. Right, nope. like, like, let's let's start there. Matt Hardy has nothing to prove. He he's a badass. He's one of the best ever in in terms of pulling off these types of matches. Why was he pushing himself to do that? And that's fine. Like you want you want to do it. You know your your career is kind of winding down, and you you want to have a couple more of these moments. Cool, I'm with that. The minute something goes wrong, you got to call it. See, like, and that's another thing that I'm having issues with when it comes to AEW is they are putting their talent at immense risk with the spots that they're asking them to do, especially Darby Allen. I mean, the the power bomb spot that he had in the battle royale where oh, he was in the, in the bag, bag oh. was extremely dangerous. Not only because he's in a body bag taking a bump and he can't really tell where he's going, but like he could have easily hit his head on those stairs. And then you also look at like the the Meteora that happened in the Sheeta Thunder Rosa match. Like Thunder Rosa was inches she away hit her head. in the back of her head yep. on those stairs. Like yep. they just, like, I know that we talk a lot about like how WWE kind of really takes away from the, the wow factor sometimes and the way that they, they conduct their matches. Cause they really want to take precaution when it comes to saving their, their wrestlers because they got to work so much. But like, I think AEW has to start impl- imploring some of those like, those rules because there's just some things that like are dumb. Like that is a dumb risk to take, especially for Darby who is consistently taking these absurd risks for what? Like for a pop. Right. For like that momentary thrill. And And I think now it's starting to wear on people because like for a while there, people are like, Oh my God, Darby's doing crazy shit. Like, and they were loving it. And now you start seeing those bumps and you're like, why? Especially in the wake of like the Hardy situation, you're just like, why? Why are we doing this? What's interesting too is, I don't know if you remember when Randy Orton was cutting these promos. I think it was during his feud with Jeff Hardy like a year or two ago. And he 
he called out Jeff for like doing all this crazy shit and Randy was getting shit on because he quote unquote played it safe. But look at Randy, right? Look at the longevity that this man has had in his career. Like it's it's wild. And he's arguably doing the best work of his career right now. Um, and it's because he doesn't constantly put himself in those spots. Like, yeah, he's had hellacious matches. He's taken hellacious bumps, but not to the point of like a Jeff Hardy, a Darby Allen, where you're legitimately concerned for their safety, right? Like, right. look, I want to be entertained as a wrestling fan. Do I want that entertainment at the price of another human being sacrificing potentially like years off their life? Absolutely not. Like, it, it's not that deep for me. I don't think it's that deep for anyone, right? Like, we just want good yeah. matches. We want, you know, entertainment to remove ourselves from reality for like an hour or two. But like, again, the uh, you know, kind of working backwards to your point, like the body bag bump and then the mat situation in general uh, was, you know, I think the overarching point here was that the Hardy situation removed us from the rest of the pay-per-view, right? Because that match yep. should have been great. It was probably headed towards somewhere great, but once it happens, and then the whole time you're just like, "This is this is bad. This, this is so bad uh, for Matt," and you're just genuinely concerned. Um, and I mean, you saw the tweets from his wife, right? Like she was oh, yeah, freaking she out, in. genuinely concerned, as she should be. Right, you just watched yeah. your husband take one of the worst bumps probably of his career, and you're just like, you know, we 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 we've got like kids at home, you know, and it's yeah. it's it's just it's so weird. It was so bizarre, um, and I, I mean, luckily there were some decent matches after that, but it definitely put well, a like, damper on the evening. It really like dampered the Thunder Rosa Sheeta match, which was directly after that. Because right. that was a little cloud outside hovering of over. Mox MJF was the match of the night. That yeah. was a great, great was really match. Good. And it had no energy because the crowd was still dealing with the situation. The people at home are still dealing with the situation of, of Matt Hardy. And like the announcers are coming in and giving updates. Fake up like those are kayfabe updates too, right? And the like, updates are getting updated like 20 minutes later. They're like, oh we Matt Hardy said he was good to go. So we we continued and they're like, oh that's not good enough. Right. And then they're Oh, well, the doctor cleared him. I'm like, okay, well, that's not good enough. And it's just like they were shooting themselves in the foot consistently that night. Like there was even the Jim Ross comment um, about number – what is her number in the Black Order or the Dark Order? The 99? The, Wait, is that 99? Yeah. Where he asked if like she would have a wardrobe malfunction. It was weird. Like, it was bizarre. JR needs to just – we need to cut it, man. The guy is done. I, I don't care what anybody says. He is – he's not a good announcer anymore. A lot of the times he doesn't know the wrestlers' names. He doesn't understand the moves that he doesn't know understand what is going on. Um, he doesn't have the energy needed anymore to really get things over. Like I point, pointed this out on Twitter, the Kenny Omega uh, Hangman Page storyline after the match was done a disservice by the announced team. The announced team was acting like they were going to in a commercial, and that was a major, major storyline, like yep. a huge thing happening. And they were just talking like it was a normal situation. I'm like, they did that absolutely no favors. And it really fell flat because of that. Like the announcing team needs to put that over, needs to emphasize that Kenny Omega left Hangman to dry and let him fall flat on his face. And, and he was also considering in. clocking him with that chair yeah. or whatever that piece of wood was. And it was a table. And they were just <laughs> having a normal conversation. Like, I don't think. Tony uh, Shivani or JR need to be on that announced team anymore. I think it needs to be Excalibur and Taz, period. Just go with those two. They know what they're doing. Excalibur puts everybody over. He has an understanding of the moveset. He has a rich wrestling history that he loves to put over, sometimes at fault. 
And then Taz is just a great character that would add that element to the announce team that you need, especially if you need a heel announcer. He is that heel announcer. I just think Shivani and, and JR are, they're an older wrestling generation. They're, they're early to mid 90s. Like that's a different wrestling audience than what we're dealing with now. I think you need to see to have Excalibur and Taz carry the load and, and just move forward. Um, because I thought the announce team was terrible. I thought um, the way that they didn't put over storylines really hurt everything. Um, I thought the Kenny Omega match, the, the tag match is pretty solid. It had its moments where it was kind of bad. And then like FTR really started to come, come around. It was a little long, a little it long, was a little long for me. Uh, a lot of the matches were a little long. Well, the uh, card was paper- damn near five hours, right? Yeah, it was a little bit too long. Um, I also don't like the fact it, I'm starting to wear, like it's starting to wear on me, the fact that they consistently do these battle royales for number one contenders. Like, let's just have a story and get yeah. the number one contender. Let's not do a fucking random ass battle royale. Like, I, I just don't really, I, I feel like it's lazy in a way. Like, they're not coming up with storylines to really push things forward. It's like, oh, we, we're going to have a battle royale and Lance Archer's going to win. And then we're just going to lean on a New Japan storyline to carry that forward. It's like, and no, that wasn't even just a quick tangent on that, on the battle royal. Like, Lance Archer winning and, the, you know, having a New Japan feud again with Mox is kind of the side story of the battle royale because it, what it became about was Matt Seidel's botch, right? Like, that yeah. became the featured aspect of that match and like look you botch you botch like it's, it's not the end of the world and he actually had a pretty decent showing after that but i'm with you i'm kind of over like that's what makes the rumble so special right it's once a year and off of that it something off of that it builds a storyline it builds a star and a storyline so it's um you know i think they're still figuring that out in terms of how to create these number one contenders that mean something and you know, this this is not a bad one because at least there's some history with Mox and Lance Archer, but it, it's um it's definitely something they need to figure out moving forward after. Uh, you know, speaking of Mox, let's, let's talk about the, uh, the the MJF match, which I thought was pretty good. Uh, it, it was it was really way solid. better than it was supposed to be. Like, yeah, that was it had no business being that good. Yeah, and I mean it was just you know credits to those guys for telling a really really good story, right? Mm-hmm. Like from the beginning where Mox is trying to do, um. Oh my god! I keep calling it dirty deeds. The paradigm shift. <laughs> the paradigm shift uh, from the beginning, where he's like, and he has to remember to himself that's not allowed. The ref is so. It's, it was just little things like that where you're like, oh, these guys are really selling the story, and these are two of the best storytellers in the ring that we have today. So, uh, and then Mox obviously getting over with you know doing it while the ref's back is turned and kind of turning the pages on MJF when he was trying to get the I ring. I love that finish. I oh, loved it was that. great. I thought that was smart. Yeah, it was. It was really really good. MJF, man, that dude. Take that dude to the moon. He's he's incredible, right? Um, and I know we keep we keep raving about him as the future. And um, Jonathan Snowden at Bleach Report actually wrote like he's not the future, like he's the now. Like, and I think that's that is perfect because uh, I think this what what really kind of solidified this was just like his ability to have a quality in ring match with Mox. Like he was able to take. Like, I know that a lot of Mox's matches in AEW have been, like, kind of brawls. And they were able to put on a pretty, like, decent wrestling match. Just, like, generic in-the-ring stuff uh, with a couple, like, hardcore bumps, for lack of a better term. I mean, he hit a gusher with that blade job. He was he was going hard. But, like, 
they were just able to tell a solid story. MJF uh, has kind of taken the reins from Cody as like the best storyteller within the ring um, on the mic. Like he just knows how he just knows the business and knows what, how to get over uh, and get heat. So I thought it was great, a great showing for him. I kind of liked the idea of him kind of hanging out in this title picture um, behind Lance Archer because Mox quote unquote cheated. Like he lost on a technicality. He lost because he used a move that it wasn't allowed. So I think he can kind of remain um, and, and continue to kind of play that role of a heel that got screwed out of a championship. And then I, I think you, like you like you said, take him to the moon. He is the, he's the future of the company. He is your star. He is the man that you can put money behind and really draw people in. So um, I thought they, they salvaged the pay-per-view with that match. Yeah. I mean, I also, I, I, I am curious about how you feel about this. I also enjoyed I'm kind of backtracking a little bit, uh, but there is a point to it. I also kind of enjoyed Mimosa Mayhem. Like it was obviously it was a little gimmicky because of the two vats of what can only be described as orange water <laughs> on both sides of the ring. Sunny D. Yeah, it was, there's was <laughs> no way that shit was a mimosa because if I receive that dark of a mimosa, I'm sending that shit back. <laughs> but it was a... Um, I enjoyed that because it just put over Orange Cassidy huge, right? Like he, he's taken two out of three from Jericho in, in this feud and that cements him kind of at the top of a card of AEW, which is really, really interesting because it's like, it, it, are we ready for a Orange Cassidy title run? Maybe not. Maybe not yet. But it no. doesn't make it as crazy when it eventually does happen. You know what I mean? So, yeah. And that being I mean, said, I, I didn't dislike the Mimosa Mayhem match. It wasn't great. It was the worst of the the bunch. Sure. Of their feud because of the they're they're working with what's in in the you know, working within the parameters. Like there's two vats of mimosa in there and they have to they know they have to use it so yeah. they have to work that it's very in. similar to like the uh, like a last man standing match like there's there's not many near falls to kind of raise the drama like they tried their hardest by like having them hang off or like dip a finger in or dip a head in like they were trying to generate some drama there but like those matches in a in and of itself like are difficult to generate drama because there are no near falls there is no like there's not a massive swing in emotions there so i think they did the best that they could I think it's obvious now you move up, you move them off this this feud. Um, they've been doing it for 14 weeks. I, I'm pretty done here. That's like a, solid, that's a like, solid build. That's a solid yeah, feud. They did their job, and Jericho did his job. He got Orange Cassidy over. Um, I actually would, like, I know that we're kind of putting him in the main event picture. I would actually like to see him in the TNT title picture. Sure. I think he would have Start an interesting storyline yeah. with the Dark Order. Yeah. I mean, that. I mean, that's a great call. Like, because... The the world title picture is a little crowded right now, right? Like Mox is still firmly the champ. Lance Archer's there now. MJF still has a claim to uh, yep. to a rematch. So I'm with that. And there's no real like. I mean, I know um, Dustin has his shot at the title on Wednesday. But sorry to interrupt. But we need to talk about this. Okay. Can we just do away with the nightmare family? That is the dumbest fucking thing on the planet. It's uh, I don't, I, I don't hate love it. Everything about it. it, it just doesn't. I don't know if I hate it. I, it just doesn't do much for like, me. Like, what is, what is Brandy's character? What is Allie's character? Like, yeah, is Dustin just like the old man, just kind of getting some, some run right now. And like, what is like, what's the long term storyline here? Like, 
Brandy and Allie have done just about everything and they consistently underperform. Like they've, they did like the nightmare collective, which was like a horror gimmick that didn't yeah. go anywhere. Yeah. They, 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 they axed that real quick. <laughs> like it's just, I don't, it feels forced. Like it feels like to me, it's like, Oh, we have contractual obligations to Brandy, Allie, Dustin. And what is it? OT? OT yeah. O- yeah. Like they have oh, QT. QT. Yeah. yeah. And they're just like forcing them in these storylines that just are not entertaining and not like very like. Yeah. that I mean, that match on the card on Saturday, it, that felt like a dynamite match. That felt like a dark match. If, yeah. If we're and, being like, I'm not trying to shit on like Dustin's work in the ring is great. He is still an incredible. Still worker really, really good. Yeah. His timing uh, in the ring is really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I really appreciate everything he's done for the business. I'm, I'm fine with him getting a title shot uh, against uh, Brody Lee, but at the same time, like every time they're on the TV, it's like I check out because it's like I'm just yeah. not interested in them. Like, why? Like, why are we here? Um, so I don't know. I, there's a lot to take away from this in terms of like just completely underperforming. We didn't we didn't even talk about the fact that like Hangman and Omega are split, and now we have some interesting things coming out of that for the tag division. But we'll talk about that more after Dynamite. But we'll let's see how it sure plays out. Uh, let's hear from our friends over at Sunday Ticket. Sunday, Sunday, Sundays are coming back in the NFL kickoff this Thursday. Uh, with NFLSundayTicket.tv, you can stream every live out-of-market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices. Plus, Red Zone and Direct TV Fantasy Zone channels never miss your favorite teams and favorite players. No matter where you live, NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to get 15% off your subscription. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use promo code BLUEWIRE. And we're going to take another quick break to talk about our friends over at DoorDash. You've counted on restaurants. Now they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app. Choose what you want to eat and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery too. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local spot, and your food is on the way. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more. When you download the DoorDash app and enter code BLUEWIRE. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code BLUEWIRE. Don't forget, that's BLUEWIRE for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. All right, let's uh, let's let's wrap up the show talking a little raw. It was uh, kind of a snoozer a little bit, for being honest. It was raw. It was uh, raw. It was, <laughs> raw was raw. I mean, before we talk about the specifics... You and I were talking about this a little bit before we started recording. That report that Raw just really has no direction right now, ironically, since since Heyman left. Obviously, Bruce Pritchard is driving. Well, he's supposed to be driving both shows, right? But right. I think his focus is mainly on SmackDown, given you know the Fox commitment and the Fox deal, and they're really trying to make that work. And again, as we mentioned before, Raw and USA are... They're kind of just, they're like married. They're stuck together forever. So it kind of is what it is. But even, I mean, yesterday it was a little alarming that 
no one kind of knew what was happening until hours before, like a few hours before. Yeah, because like Vince hadn't even looked at the script. He hadn't even proved until, anything. Like, the yeah. Of. And like, I think it's a consistent thing that we've been seeing lately. I know that they did this a while ago as well. It seems like it comes like ebbs and flows of like, they'll have like a run where like every week they're tearing up the show hours before they go live. And it's like, I think it just, I think they were getting into the flow with, 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 uh, with Heyman. And now, now that he's gone, they're trying, they're just like grasping at straws. And I think a, a good aspect of the, a good reason, a good thing you can actually point to here is like the retribution angle. Like I know that they cut a promo, but like the fact that they are raw exclusive, doesn't really fit with <laughs> like, so their weird. character. It's so like, so they're an anarchy group that is going to stick to brand loyalty. It's, like, that it's controlled chaos, Jay. It's yeah, controlled so, chaos. Like, I think they're just like they're really just grasping at straws here, trying to figure out what's going to work uh, because they're they're of a loss. Like I haven't seen in my lifetime as a as a wrestling fan, I haven't seen WWE this disheveled. Like it just seems like they have no idea what's going on outside of like the one a storyline which is roman reigns like outside of that like i feel like they're just completely lost yeah so, yeah yeah and i mean you know that they've uh they, they put in some stuff to get to, to kind of reinvigorate the brand in general you know thunderdome and everything else that kind of brought some sort of newness to to what they're doing but they really need to figure out and and just have a direction for raw i just don't understand what they're doing like we've we got Keith Lee and Randy Orton for like the ninth time in two weeks. That's already run. Yeah, that's run its course. Like, they we, just don't have any creativity. It's like, oh, we're gonna just do the same matches over and over. Sorry, my dog is barking. He's pissed me. too. He's pissed about Randy Orton and Keith Lee again. So, um, it's uh, well, I guess with that, let, let's go on to the storylines on Raw that were, I guess, of note that happened uh, last night. Cedric Alexander finally turned. Uh, after after weeks and weeks of teasing that he wouldn't um and i think that's great for him he just kind of needs like a character refresher he needs something new and i like if this is what it takes i, I think this is great for the hurt business too because i, I actually enjoy wow i just went through puberty again <laughs> i actually enjoy the hurt business as a whole but you know it, it was it kind of gets a little stale when they're kind of saying the same thing over and over again when you add a new member, always always adds a uh, a little bit of newness and a little bit of a uh, rejuvenation for the group. Yeah, I mean it's it's much needed. Um, this is a good mid card storyline. I mean, we're getting guys on TV that we don't normally see very often, and like it's funny. Like on on being the elite, they they even made a joke about this kind of stuff. Like they had the ricochet, like the they saw the figure. ricochet toy, yeah. and they're like, "Hey, remember this guy?" It's like it sucks because like you have guys like Ricochet, Ali and Cedric that are like being forced to main event because for whatever reason, Vince is just not convinced that they can be stars in television when everybody is telling them that they're stars, you know, and it's like, it's really frustrating. So I'm, I'm excited to see where they go with Cedric because he desperately needs to be on TV. He's that good. Um, and he's going to get that MVP rub who is kind of giving it to Shelton Benjamin. who's giving it to Bobby Lashley. Like, I'm hoping that they give that that MVP rub goes off like rubs off on Ricochet and Ali because they deserve it as well. So um, it's a positive sign. I'm not holding out hope that this is going to go anywhere great. Like I'm, I have a feeling it's going to fizzle out fairly quickly because I, I just think that's the way Vince kind of thinks about things, um, especially when it comes to these mid card storylines. 
So I was I was honestly hoping Ricochet was going to be the one who turned because that would have been just a big I mean, or at least both of them. You know what I mean? And because Cedric kind of needed the refresher, Ricochet desperately needs it. Like, there's no Ricochet reason to back to NXT. There's no re- well, either that or they need to find him. Some, there's no reason this man and Ali should be main eventing main event. Like that makes zero zero sense. And they're like, it's funny because like if you follow them on social, they're oh, throwing they're, shade. They're leaning too. into it. But yeah, they're, they're throwing there. shade and leaning into it. Like, watch us on main event. It's on Hulu. <laughs> Did you know yeah, that? Yeah, they're like, they're putting on fucking bangers on Hulu on a main event. Like, it just really sucks because I don't think that's ever going to be noticed by Vince because he really doesn't care about the in ring stuff. Like, he only cares about like certain aspects of storytelling, and th- those things I think are just dated. Like, I, he's so out of touch, and it's really fucking frustrating. Um, so I think, I mean, I would love to see Ricochet back in NXT because I think he can do some firework. Like you can put him because he never got a title run, like a legit like NXT like him feuding for the title. Man, if Finn wins on tonight um, and he wins the title, fucking put Ricochet on NXT. Let's do Finn Ricochet. Oh my god, that's that's five stars already just booking because then you have you have finn as your heel and ricochet comes in as your squeaky squeaky clean baby face and you just go with it like what else are you gonna do like are you gonna do finn versus adam cole like for the hundredth time are you gonna do finn versus tommaso champa are you gonna do finn versus johnny gargano are you just gonna cycle through the same guys or are you gonna try to like bring in some new blood like i know that they have Damian Priest and um, what's his name? Thick Boy. I can't remember his name. Bronson Reed. Yes. Uh, kind of feuding over the North American title, but I just feel like they need new blood when it comes to the NXT title. So I, I, I just want to see, I want to see Ricochet succeed. I think he has an incredible skill set. I used to love watching him as uh, in Lucha Underground and, and all that stuff. So like, I, I have a soft spot in my heart for, for, uh, for ricochet just anything um, anything new for for yeah him. let's another thing that's kind of it seems like they're gonna do is probably bring the tag tag titles together and just unify them it kind of makes sense like now they're, right they're all in the same place there's really no reason for raw and smackdown to have their own tag titles just have whoever's the tag team champions go between both shows kind of like the women's tag titles and I mean, I think that's just a smart move for right now. I mean, when crowds come back, team. say again. But, I mean, they don't have enough tag teams to have right on each show. So, yeah. I mean, once crowds come back and you go back on tour, then you can re-separate them. But right now, it's just it just doesn't make any sense. And I mean, Street Profits, Cesaro and Shinsuke—that's that's gonna be a banger of a match. It's a good match. It's yeah. just like, yeah, they. I mean, we were consistently getting Street Profits versus Angel Garza and Andrade. It's like, we're just going to... We had that through. for like over a month. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, like a- they just cycle through the same thing until it's like, we don't want to... Like, you're just like, kill me now. I don't want to see this anymore. So I like the idea of uh, unifying the belts. I think they can potentially do that with all their belts, to be honest with you. Like, they just don't have the amount of talent, especially during the pandemic, to really... Um, make the case for having all these belts like there's so many belts um i think it'd be really interesting and fun to have a single belt that everybody can chase i know that limits the storylines but at the same time like right now they're stretched really thin when it comes to the storylines so um 
I'm interested. I'm I'm into the match. I think. I mean, fuck it. Let's have let's have Street Profits as the unified tag champs. Absolutely. Though, get them more on. You know what this get them on like, SmackDown too. You know what this is like making me think though is that Otis is gonna definitely cash in on tag. On oh, tags. like fulfill his. That's interesting. I hope not because that would. I still I'm still a big believer in the Money in the Bank briefcase. I think most people are. I would really, really devalue it. <laughs> I'm I mean, just I throw totally it out forgot there. that he had it for the long, like I had forgotten that he had it. And then this past week on SmackDown, like it was like thrown into the storyline with Morrison stealing the briefcase. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, Otis has the briefcase. And it's just like it's this money everything that they've done this year seems to have been a gigantic waste. And like, yeah, and I mean, th- I think some of that, not to put it all on them, I guess just to play devil's advocate, is like the pandemic and everything else kind of threw them for a loop. And I think just all of professional wrestling in general, right? And th- and they've been trying to adjust. They've done some good things, some not. Just I guess, I guess that's the kind of the norm, <laughs> even pandemic or not. But you know, th- they've had. I-, I think, you know, are they generating a net positive? I think barely. I think barely a net positive. Simply, I think a positive should be that they were able to continue at all throughout this, yeah. right? Like, there's no stoppage. And albeit wasn't perfect, they put some people in a lot of danger and, you know, they had to correct a lot of their, their protocols in terms of COVID and all that stuff. And, and, you know, luckily, thankfully, they've at least done some of that work. But yeah, I mean, it's it's stuff like this, like the tag team division and uh, the twenty four seven championship, and all these little things that they've kind of like Who left. Has that now? Uh, it's still truth. I think truth got it back for the nine millionth time. Oh no, no, is it Tazawa? Is it Tazawa? Oh my god! It just it all kind of blends together, and I don't want to be like I've been a negative Nancy this whole show, but like at the same time, like this really hit me hard this week. Like I've fallen out of favor with wrestling for the most part. And it's really bugging me. Um, I'm hoping that tonight's match really kind of brings me back. I'm really looking forward to Cole Fisher's Finn Balor. Yeah, that's going to be, that's going to be must see, must see television. And so. I love the fact that they're doing these super Tuesdays just to split it up and give, give us some, cha- gives us a chance to watch, like to breathe on Wednesday nights. So, you know, there's some positive things kind of cooking, but there's a lot of negative things going on right absolutely, now. Absolutely. Um, these next few months are going to be vital to like the overall success. Like WWE is not going anywhere. They're a billion dollar company, but like, I think in terms of the overall like feeling of the brand and how fans kind of react to things, it's kind of on the line in these next few months. Um, at least in my eyes, like I just feel like there's a lot of things that are going on that a lot of people are just really fucking tired of and, and upset about. And, um, so we'll see, but let's wrap up the show. Make sure that you guys subscribe to our YouTube channel, hit the red button, subscribe, like comment, do all that good stuff. I mean, comment about how good my new camera looks and everything. Um, don't do that. You don't uh, have to do that. <laughs> I mean, I've been, I've been thriving lately. The Padres are almost 10 games above 500. It's just been, it's been a great great time for me outside of wrestling so wrap up the show um, wrap up the show you jackass <laughs> uh make sure that you follow us on social too you can follow us at two debronies pod on twitter and on instagram and within the br app you can also so, uh follow me on social at jeremy a loss and you can follow ben at cruise control that's control with a k 
And don't forget to subscribe to the show wherever you download your podcasts. And if you're one of our fantastic Apple Podcast users, please, please, please rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. And if you're feeling spicy, leave a review on our Spotify people. Hit us with that follow and help us climb those Spotify charts. All right, everyone. Uh, Great, great show, Uh, Jay. Pleasure as always. We will catch everyone enjoy NXT tonight. Uh, Mm -hmm. should, Should be a good match. Should be a good show. We will catch you on Friday. In the meantime, if you can, stay home. If you can't, wear a mask. Uh, And always and forever, Black Lives Matter. All right, everyone. We will talk to you soon. Peace. Now it's time for a word from our friends over at betonline.ag. The wait is over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sports book experts.